0: welcome to the slapdab roof show with your host evix 24 hi everybody welcome to the show um the podcast this is episode four today we're talking about uh four in the one and the season so far because people want to probably know my opinion i thought you know do the race um do i thought i'd Whilst they're currently in break and they don't race till the end of August, as this time of recording, I thought it would go through the first few races that they've had. And uh, give you my takes on it and my race review kind of thing. And then maybe I'll get into some bold predictions and things. Uh, but I guess before we do that, let me just go for the usual stuff and then I got some things to tell you. Because... I think this is probably another reason why I'm probably doing it is because, um, because there's a lot of stuff that Marie. The first things first, guys. If you're still new here, and I'm thankful for all the new listeners that have come on to the Spotify show, we're on Spotify. Please hit the last Spotify link. If you're listening to this, please hit that like button. That lets me know that you're loving this podcast, and tell your friends, share it with your friends. Because I think the more people that share it, the better it is. And then also make sure you follow me at twitch.tv slash evix24 i am desperately trying to see if maybe the first podcast recording will be live on twitch so maybe you guys will get a chance to see that uh but maybe that could happen as soon as tomorrow maybe so we'll see or, or today when you're watching or actually whenever you do it but if i am going live please Join the Discord, obviously, with the link that's in the description. And in the podcast description at evix24, obviously. And, of course, twitch.tv slash evix24. But while we're on the subject of Twitch, let me just note to you that it's been frustrating for me the last couple streams. I just surpassed 100 followers. That's pretty hard to do as a Twitch thing. And... The deal, though, is is that at the same time, you know, I'm not driving in cons- consistent followers, which could be because I'm not on a schedule or at the same time, you know, that's the case. But I'm trying to become consistent. But then, you know, at the same time, I can't even keep the same followers and all this stuff. It's becoming increasingly frustrating. And the guys are, people have asked me, and I have expressed my frustration, and it is frustrating, for me, you know. And again, a lot of people ask, like, "Oh, you do climbs, I'm like, but I want to do climbs." That's what keeps the people like hyped, and people's like, "Just wait until, wait till you feel something, or Just feel, and the answer is, I just can't, just do it. So. I am trying my best. I am trying to put a smile on my face, and that's what I'm trying to do. My Twitch channel's goals, I'm doing this as a hobby. You know, make a little money to here and there, but also want to talk to the people, want to meet new people. And the only way to do that is by streaming. But if you can't keep the people on your stream, then you're not doing a good job. And that's where I think I've lasted. And maybe I'll focus on just myself, but at the same time, you know, I don't have anyone watching. It just really makes me frustrating. Especially when I'm trying to engage. You know, and it goes back to that second episode. You know, if you're trying to engage and no one is seeming to engage with you, well, that's a problem. That's a problem. And um, I really, really hope that things change. I'm really hoping things go good. Because again, you know, I am probably most likely going to be buying a Logitech wheel, probably some pills, maybe a shifter trying the nascar 21 the game online and maybe that will probably put people probably put people over the edge and probably see me shine but until then this is the way it is i have to deal with it and another thing too is that it's hard to do collabs and all this stuff i know a lot of people probably asked that this is probably gonna be your first episode doing a collab but the issue is it's hard to do people have lives i have lives and it's becoming increasingly tougher and that's why I have to do it alone, which I hate. But at the same time, it's what I have to do. It's what I have to do. The other thing, too, before we go into the F1 topic, I gotta say I am very grateful that I'm standing here today doing the stream. Because, of course, if you haven't known yet, or probably haven't seen from Discord and all this stuff, uh, as you know, I work in a grocery store. Not gonna say the name in terms of liability we had someone who had a beam gun shot our window one of our windows luckily the class was double painted. didn't know what happened i saw it on friday night when we we're closing told my manager immediately and uh, that's that so they got to fix the window someone shot it with a bb gun oh well, we're very lucky because a lot of people probably ask well, well it's a bb gun but still a weapon that's a threat to shot our window i mean come on now people don't we expect to see don't we expect to be thankful for ourselves? So I'm very happy to sit there and uh, do it. Do do the podcast. So I'm very grateful for that. And again, and again, this subject is gonna be all F1. We're gonna go through it. And I apologize for the people who are missed, but and again, the Twitch thing. I want it to be successful. I think it is successful, but I want to keep this thing going. I want people to be on my stream engaging. And that's the way it is. But if I can't get that, you know, it's not really going to make me happy. What makes me happy is seeing people. If there's no people, if there's no uh people that are not seeing me, then we got a problem. So that's the way I want to do it. So I'm really hoping that over time I will get more people to come to my stream. So that's why I'm probably, maybe the next stream, I will do an AMA for the podcast, for episode 5. We'll see, maybe that will work. But I know for the, the next episode, I want to do an AMA. So I haven't figured that out. I'm going to figure that out right now, but further ado thanks for so much for listening to well thanks for listening if you've been a constant listener and uh, get ready for the f1 season because we're going to get talk about the f1 season for 2021 at the half park so let's remind you people that the f1 schedule is still going or the f1 races are still going in progress they've done 11 races already. so we're about roughly halfway through the season. Um, I definitely would say halfway through the season because technically they did they do have um, 22 confirmed races so we can say technically we are halfway through the schedule. So I think what we're gonna do is go over the first 11 races give you a race for race basis, my takes on you know how the race went and all stuff and actually just an overall sense of stuff i think every single race besides one i think every single race so far has been much better than or much better or should i say better than expected i think <laughs> a lot of people probably could say Some of the races were actually fantastic to watch. It was actually very exciting. But sometimes also the races are boring. Boring at the time. And I think one of them we probably will get to that race in just a moment, which is uh, very interesting. So we're going to talk about, obviously, Bahrain, Italy, Portugal, Spain, Monaco, Azerbaijan, or Baku, France, Austria, the doubleheader Austria, the british grand prix and of course the Hungaroring, ring which happened which is the most recent race that happened last weekend so that's what we're going to talk about right now and then we'll talk about my bold predictions probably for the rest of the season so let's see if we could and again i'm trying to aim for hour and hour 15 we'll see if we can do it and if we do that's pretty good and if it goes a little over than that and whatever i mean it's a topic that i think most people like to talk about and you want to hear my take about it so here we go I guess we'll start off with Bahrain, because Bahrain is one that I think a lot of people probably anticipated heading into the race. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, you kind of you kind of get the feeling that Bahrain has the opening race of the season. Remember, to Also, Australia was supposed to be the first race of the season, but obviously moved to Bahrain, and Australia got canceled. By the way, we're not going to Australia or Canada because of COVID. Well, actually, no, there could be a possibility that Canada might be back on the schedule. They may do it a little later than usual, but I think they may be putting Canada back on the schedule. Who knows? Because now Canada just opened up their borders, and they're allowing the Toronto Blue Jays to play. They, Of course, earlier this year, they had the Montreal Canadiens, who were in the Stanley Cup final, by the way. And in the semifinals, they were able to allow—well, I should said the playoffs, really— They were allowed to bring in, so in fact they might bring in more people. But bring in people. But I don't know how about the crowd. But let's get on with the um, the race. Bahrain actually was really, really good. Um, We had top two battle between both um, Verstappen and Hamilton. Which spoiler alert: we're gonna have Verstappen and Hamilton be in like so many. Of this thing, so I may be talking about that later on in the video where I make my predictions. Verstappen and Hamilton were no was to tell, I think they were probably the two best cars all race long, with foot tests being slow. Um, of course, I think the, the, we didn't have that many wrecks either. I think it was maybe get to, Gasly got took, taken out by I think Danny Wreck, actually. Now, thinking about him. I think that's what happened. Yeah, he got taken out. Um, Alonso had an issue. Alonso had an issue. I think it was something to do with the exhaust. So that was his first race back with that. And I think Gasly did had contact between um a thing contact with thing B. So another thing too. Is issue is with um with um the track uh, the track limits and this is another thing too that I think really affected because it actually affected on the race I think with like four or five laps to go Hamilton made a move on Verstappen hmm. a lot we will be talking about both Verstappen and Hamilton a lot so sorry for the awkward pause. I've been having a lot of issues with the repairs and all this stuff, and I know they want me to try to be quiet. So here we go. Because then recording got corrupt. So the first race allowed we we saw a massive ends spun on the wall. We had a loss of tire failure, and then I think Gasly had an issue with I think ran the back of Danny Rick. Um the top I think Hamilton and Verstappen both had the fastest cars of the day. I think Verstappen at one point had the I think Verstappen had the best car. I think Verstappen had the better car than Lewis Hamilton, but I think Hamilton got pulled, if I'm not mistaken. So Hamilton was able to win the race because what happened was Verstappen kind of went a little while. They were both racing kind of a a really aggressive. Keep in mind, it was the first race of the season. And Hamilton... They kind of forced Verstappen off in turn. I think it was turn three and four. Remember that it's a slight right hander, and then there's a big runoff. And the problem is, is that you can't run wide there. And Verstappen kind of needed that lane to in order to get the lead. Now he got the lead, but he had to hand it back to Lewis because, you know. They were probably going to disqualify him anyways. They were going to just give the win to Hamilton. So Verstappen did probably what, the smartest thing is just let him go and just see if he can go back at him. So he didn't. And Verstappen won the race. And Verst- Hamilton won the race. Then Paul by Verstappen and Bottas was 30 seconds behind Lewis Hamilton. It was basically just the Hamilton-Verstappen show. Which is basically what the storyline of the season has been. It's been Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen. Red Bull versus Mercedes. It doesn't get this much better, I think, for a competitive season. So, I'm just going to give you the top 10 and get more stories. I guess that's probably what we're going to do. i just say Hamilton or Stappenboltz has. Lando Norris. Well, Norris came for Lando Norris is going to have a big headline. Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc, Dean Reconnaught's debut, of course, Carlos Sainz, Yuki, Sonoma, and nine Stroll. Oh, yeah, that's right. Esteban Alcon and Sebastian Middle wrecked each other. So, the first race was pretty good. How about Imola? Emma had a bit of a twist to the race because it was raining just at the beginning and they had to put the intermediates on oh boy and we were like oh boy it was a wet race I think for the first half of the first half Verstappen and Hamilton did collide with each other again in the first lap with Hamilton going off I think Hamilton also got, no, first time he got pulled, but Hamilton got a good start. And it was very, it was more like a race of endurance. Um, the guys were trying, everyone was trying to push hard. Um, of course, the thing, Lativia got on the wall. But of course, the big moment in the race, I think, was two big wars. Hamilton, I think, was running on dry tires, got offline a little bit, got on the wall, lost all that ground in first half, and, so, it looked like Hamilton was going to day days over. He's not going to get points. You know, very tough. Before. And here comes the thing. They were battling for 10th place, I believe, on track. George Russell versus Valtteri Bottas. And this was one of the controversial instances of the season, I think. Um, that sense, to does not get a lot of attention. Both those guys, I think it looked like George had a run. And Valtteri kind of swiped a but George just got into the grass and he lost control of the car on the wet grass, and obviously it was raining, and he lost control, and he got on the wall, and took out both Voltaz Re- and George out of the race, and that brought out a red flag. They had a heavy crash, and... And later, I think one of the, um, we never usually get fights in Formula One, and I thought it was really funny to see George Russell going up to Bottas, like, yeah, nice going, man, Bottas giving him the fingers on like, finger, which I think I love. I love fights. Why do we not have more fights? Let the drivers express their feelings. You know, that's the entertainment part of the sport. If the drivers don't allow to express their feelings or something like that, then why bother? Why bother being in the sport? You know, you gotta be mad at someone. If someone took, took you out, you're gonna go up there and you're gonna tell them that, nice going, man. So George did the nice going, man. And the ball Boy, gave him the, uh, your number one signal. He gave him the finger, obviously, and that was funny. Then the red flag came out, and, um, it was Verstappen. Charlotte Claire and it was Lando Norris. Now Lando Norris ended up getting a fantastic start by choosing the soft tires, which later was revealed in the unbox. I thought the team made the decision. No, that was Lando's call to put him put the the um, him on soft tires. He made the call. Lando made the call to put soft tires on and see if they could challenge for podium. And I thought initially at the start of the race when they um when they th- when they had a good time. Lando Norris got a great start, overtook Charlotte Claire. And he was in second place behind Verstappen. and I thought, does Lando Norris have a shot at winning the race? He didn't. He held on Hamilton. He had a great battle with Lewis Hamilton, because Hamilton was coming up through the field as well. He was lucky for that reflect. If that reflect did not come out, I don't think Hamilton would have ever gotten this close to the top 10. And Lewis ended up taking second, but after a nice hard fought battle between him and Lando Norris. pretty good. And Verstappen, of course, won the race in dominant fashion um both Charles and carlos did pretty good uh of course Danny rick and then i think um all the rest there gasly strolled. it was a good race it was a good race um i think the big wreck i think of the day was probably the uh russell and Bottas wreck that was the wreck that everybody got talking about yeah all right how about to portugal I actually think Portugal was pretty good. I think the Portugal race was had pretty good overtaking, pretty good battles, and uh, yeah, I think it was fantastic. I think it was a fantastic race. Um, up until point, I mean, Lewis. I think Hamilton had a better car. He had a dominant race. I think there was no really incidents. I mean, if I can figure out one um i'm trying to think of, if there's anything else i think that's basically it i think basically portugal was a good race I think there was a lot of overtaking, though but not really like not really like a lot of overtakes but it was still pretty good i think it was great i think portugal should be a constant um a constant race state on the f1 calendar i think portugal had a pretty good showing uh but of course hamilton i think one and one from pole, I think, and won the race. So, I just want to make sure he got it. Yeah, it was Louis. Oh no, it was Valtteri Bultez. Never mind. He was Valtteri Bultez, but Lewis Hamilton did pass him. So I was correct. Um, I'm reading off the freaking results from the F1 website. <laughs> um, Verstappen second, has third, Perez fourth, Lando fifth, Charles Esteban Ocon. Alonso, Ricardo, and Gasly, the top 10. Pretty good race. Spain. Spain had a fantastic race. Oh, no. Red Bull had another deja vu moment again. Um, and the AC goes on. Uh, it's been a hot day, but holy crap. What a race for Spain. Spain and Spain is known for probably one of the worst tracks on the Formula One grid. but boy oh boy without the testing maybe maybe that paid off. Yeah still seven guys finished on the lead lap but we did have a race for the win and of course the most notably I think the notification for well it's Yuki spinning out I think we had a full course yellow Everyone else got lapped, so Spain's usually one of those tracks that produces long, green, black runs. Oh, Verstappen and Hamilton were battling for the win. I think Verstappen was leading the race. Hamilton was still on his tail. He wasn't getting away. And uh, Hamilton does the déjà vu all over again. Hamilton won. He pits, not once, twice. I think he pits Twice because I'm gonna look right now that yes Hamilton pitted on uh, I'm trying to figure out where he pitted cuz I know he pitted a second time he put on the uh, so it was lap 42 where Hamilton pits for a second stop he goes for the two-stopper because that was the only shot he's gonna get only shot he was going to get is do a two-stop or do the opposite of what Rebel does. Gets him on, I I think he was on the medium tires. And he was able to drive through the field. pass like, I think he got out, I think, sixth or something like that. And he was, I think he had, like, I think. And he passed Verstappen with about five laps to go in the race. The similar way he won the Hungaroring Ring in 2019. The two-stopper Red Bull fell for that same strategy again. I mean, they did do the revenge, but the fun, funny thing was that Red Bull did fell for the same trap that Mercedes had done for the last two years. It was deja vu. And Hamilton made the strategy work. So, Hamilton won with Verstappen, Baltas, Leclerc, and Perez. Danny Rick, Kyle Sainz... Len, Carlos Sainz, those are the last cars that have finished on the lap. Then Lando, Esteban, Ocon, and Pierre Gasly were the rest of the top 10, but all were left up. Only seven cars finished on the lap. Um, yeah, they're gonna need to figure, I'm hoping that the new package will also help the teams bunch up. Um, oh, Monaco. Uh, yeah, I would say Monaco is probably the bo- most boring race in Formula One uh, this year. Once again, we had seven cars finish on the lead lap. And no, no no, action. I mean, the only action we had... Well, first of all, it was drama, first of all, with Charles Leclerc not even starting the race because of... Because Leclerc won the pull, but he crashed in his last flying lap, and he was then awarded the pull because, well, he got it. That's the reason what happens. And, um... And they could start. They couldn't fix the gearbox. They didn't run it. They didn't do anything like They checked to make sure everything was okay. And it wasn't working. You know, should they have taken the grid penalty? You know, I don't know. Because Ferrari was in a huge construction battle between them and McLaren. And I think that really is going to be one of those moments if we look back on if McLaren do finish ahead of Ferrari in the Constructors' Championship, which I think they currently are ahead. If they are ahead, they are in... That race, I think, is probably the decider. Because, you know, you have two cars in the top ten. Daniel did not to have a great race. Two cars in the top five, maybe with one shot at winning it, I know they were just going for the win. And that's basically that, but I just didn't feel like that's the case. So Verstappen was leading the race, then followed by Carlos. And, oh, well, Valter Bottas was sitting at third. So, yeah, qualified Lewis Hamilton. But the problem was, on his first pit stop, one of the wheels was not on. The wheel nut was so fused onto the chassis, it took him 42 hours just to even get the wheel off. Oh, that is terrible. I mean, 20 laps in the 9 laps the race your first are probably maybe the only pit stop you're going to make. And Valtteri... I mean, Valtteri probably is having a worth, his worst season since 2018. Keep in mind, three years ago, Valtteri Bottas went winless in the Mercedes. He never won a race, but he had... Tremendous bad luck. Tremendous uh, bad luck, and I think he's got the same thing here. But maybe it's more performance. But I don't know. But and then another big moment in the race, and this was kind of funny. That um, the only like the big moment was I think when Vettel overtook like Hamilton and Gasly, and they leaf rocked him. Um, they cut away because to show Stroll doing that. Oh, that's gonna be a, such a, an it's been all the memes that monarchist the tv and i heard that f1 does not have its own media rights group it actually goes to all local tv directors they should really just get their own directors for all of the races, because these moments would not be pre- prevented i think these moments would not happen or prevented if f1 had their own media rights group or something like that because nascar i no, not i not track but nascar has their own media rights group and i'm sure they get it all right and the broadcasters have their own cameras and also everyone i think uses the same cameras as what they um for everyone maybe they want to have one global feed and i guess it's a cost saver but at the same time you know it really is terrible <laughs> it really is terrible so it makes you look bad so that's basically much it. There was really no strategy. That was the only big moments in Monaco. Other than that, there was really no passing, no everything. So that was the only two dramatic moments, three dramatic moments in the whole 78-lap race, and they still think that this is a good race to watch. No, it isn't. It's boring, unfortunately. And it wasn't on Memorial Day weekend either, which I think even made it worse, because Monaco, usually on Memorial Day weekend, it's always breakfast in Monaco, lunch in Indianapolis, and dinner at charlotte well we had that weekend we had a breakfast in monaco and probably lunch and dinner at circ at austin texas for the circuit of the the inaugural circuit of america's race that one was pretty good uh but i think monaco's monaco probably was if i had to rank all the races monaco would be probably the worst race of the season just because it didn't have a lot of action um not a lot of action, not a lot of drama than uh, most of these races do, um, which I think that basically the case. The dr- drama already happened before even the race got started, and there was really not much drama during the race that really played a part. I mean, the only dramatic part of the race that affected the result was Valter Baltas' tire thing going on. That opened the door for Landon Norris to get the podium. So. so I have to go for the results, Verstappen wins, and I think this is going to be the first of, well, no, not yet, not really yet, because Verstappen hasn't gone on the hot streak yet, but Verstappen will take over the championship lead for the very first time in his F1 career. Carl Sainz gets his second, a second-place finish, Lando Norris, another podium, with McLaren-Perez, Vettel, Gasly, Hamilton, are the only guys to finish the lap, Stroll, Ocon, and Giovinazzi completely top ten. Oh boy, Baku was one of the races where you couldn't believe what just happened. I've classified Baku as the Talladega of F1. Anything, and I mean anything can happen. Anything. Anything. Anything can happen. And we got that answer. (laughs) Because... Oh my god. Well let's just go for the race. Verstappen I think took the lead and I think it was Perez who had what's good, then then it was Hamilton. And I think those three were the class of the field. For all the throughout the race. But really it was the one stop race where Ferrelli and but it was the ferrelli tire gate, I should say. Um, I think with thirty laps to go. Thirty laps to go. Um I think with 30 laps to go, I'm going to say. I'm sure I'm probably going to get this wrong. But 30 laps to go. I, sh- I think that is when Lance Stroll had his first tire failure. He just jumped on the hard tires. He started on the hard tires. He I think he was 35 laps in the race. So with 35 laps in the race, he blows the tire. He goes in the wall. Caution. We have a full safety car, of course, because they got to remove the car out track. And you could tell that the car had a flat tire. But before that, I forgot to mention that Charlotte Claire got a pole. I did not for- I totally forgot that Charlotte Claire had a pole. I'm so sorry for all the Charlotte Claire fans and the Ferrari fans. Charlotte Claire did not have a uh, a season where he had this many moments, and I for- totally forgot about that. But anyway, Charlotte Claire. Starting pole, but he was overtaken by both Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. You know, Perez, he fell on the order easily. But back to the big moment. Lance Rule had a flat tire. Now, a lot of people probably thought, oh, he probably ran over pizza piece of debris. You know, uh, but it was actually cost due to wear. Now, the teams just put on the hard tires. Now, no one went ahead and changed the tires during that full course yell period. And I guess no one knew what was going on oh boy, this is where I think things get interesting. Get it back, we're going. With five laps to I think it was like eight laps to go or something like that. No, it was six laps to go, five laps to go. With five laps to go in the race, Verstappen had a huge cushion and there's no way I don't think no one was going to catch him unless we had a, a restart. Well, five laps to go in the race. Verstappen has a, the tire failure. The exact same one that Stroll had. He goes screaming into the wall on the longest straightaway and the fastest point in the way hard in the wall. No one knew, of, and sitting, he was sitting in the middle of the track. And no, how did no one hit him? Was probably he was sitting for a recipe for disaster. Same one, the left rear blew out. Of course, no warning, too, no warning, and he went straight in the wall. And they had to bring the full, and they went um, through the full course yellow again. And they, everyone decided everyone was going to pit again because everyone knew, like, oh god, no, this is not good. This is a tire failure on Ferrari's part. And they decided to red flag the race because a smart move by Formula One because they were like, you know what, we have been we have been crit- criticized for finishing races under the under yellow, which is no fun. So, I think even though Red Bull, I think the Red Bull team again, I think the sporting director said, you should probably make, probably stop the race and put us on the softer tires. Then, make us, then make us go up, go all the way. Or, then you can restart the race, if you're planning to. And they were. They were going to do a two-lap dash which was pretty good and they were gonna i think even they would they would make the teams put on the s- soft compound tires and forelli was questioned i think it was due to wearing issue and all that stuff because for those tires should be able to last at the end but there you, that doesn't mean that nothing's guaranteed and anything there's your answer nothing's guaranteed and uh they had the two-lap dash Then they threw the green, and it was going to be between Perez and Hamilton. Well, actually, it's going to be Perez and Vettel because when when they dropped the green flag and they did a standing start, Hamilton's brakes weren't glowing. He wasn't on the right settings apparently, and he went straight into turn one. The brakes went straight to the floor, and he was out of it. Then it was a battle between Sebastian Vettel and Sergio Perez. Perez gets his first first win in a Red Bull, his second career win, in a unlikely win. I think probably a lot of people probably did not have Sergio Perez winning a race. He is the first non-Hamilton or Verstappen to win. And it goes like this with the order. With Sergio Perez finish first, Vettel comes home with a nice second for Aston Martin. We'll get to him in just a minute. Gasly gets another podium for Alphatari, so that's pretty good. Charlotte Leclerc who started a fourth, finished fourth. Lando fifth, who actually did a, was very horrible, and he actually deserved that fifth place finish. Alonso 6th, Yuki Sinona 7th, Carlos Sainz 8th, Daniel Ricciardo 9th, Kimi Raikkonen, top 10. So that was the big issue with the, um, with the, um, with the, uh, two-wheel problem. And now we move on to France. we probably also had a pretty good race. Yeah, that's right. Him, Verstappen, dominated the race. And I think it was the race where, yeah, I think it was where Verstappen did the op the same the Mercedes pitch strategy that Hamilton did to him earlier this year and he got around him so that was good but then Perez got the third place finish as well and I think that was pull number 100 no it wasn't pull number 100 when was pull number one I think pull number 100 was actually at a I think either Syria Austria, but Hamilton did get his hunter-pulled this year, and so Verstappen ended up winning another race. No one wrecked, no one spun out, which was pretty good, and we had some pretty good passing too. So it was Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Sergio Perez, Valtteri Bottas, Lando Norris, Danny Ricciardo, Pierre Gasly, Alonso Vella, and Stroll the top 10. It was pretty much Pretty good for so far. A pretty good strategy, though, know, for some of the guys. Now we move on to the double header race at Austria. So first off was the steering Grand Prix. And, steer- and the steering race was basically like the similar one from last year. Where, oh, and George Russell DNF'd. He was running in the points and he had a... Well, Gasly wrecked early in the left one, but George Russell got the heartbreak of the year. George Russell was in the top ten for points for Williams. Remember, George Russell has scored points, but not for a Williams driver. And uh, he almost had it today on that race, and he had a mechanical failure, I think, running in the top ten. He would have made it. Uh, that's terrible. That felt bad. I feel bad for George Russell. Man but Verstappen ended up winning <laughs> duh of course Verstappen's like the king of the track now <laughs> then followed by Hamilton, Bottas, Perez, Landon, Norris, Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc, Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso and Yuki Sanoa the top 10 now we move on to Austria which is the same race but different circumstances um it was actually Verstappen instead of being Lewis Hamilton on the front row or even a Mercedes driver it was Lando Norris. Lando Norris actually could have had a pull. Um, but Verstappen ended up winning another race. It was Bottas and then Lando Norris. Lando probably had a great strategy and probably a better car suited for that. And, of course, ironically, I think McLaren was pretty strong with that track. So it's no surprise that Lando Norris gets a podium again. So his third podium the season, which, surprise, surprise. Verstappen, Bottas, Lando Norris, Lewis Hamilton's. Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, Daniel Ricciardo, Pierre Charles Leclerc, and Pierre Gasly. Verstappen was having three races in a row, and he was running. And he and Red Bull were running away with the championship. I thought that this was going to be it, and um, I thought the championship race was pretty good. Wait till we get to Silverstone, which is the next thing. Well, first off, before we even get to Silverstone, we have to take a look at the sprint race then. Um, That was the big headline. Of course, the big headline this week year was the besides the races being canceled and maybe put it back on They were doing the sprint race And I thought the sprint race was really good, you know extra racing extra curriculum, you know drivers You know would the drivers be risking versus reward? You know just put on the just put on this like just put on one set of tires and just go Just go get whatever you can. I think I like it The drivers know that they have nothing to lose and I like it that there are three championship points up for grabs a couple points up for graphs as well for the top three which i think is pretty good i think it is definitely pretty good and i thought it worked i thought it worked out really well um i hope it works in monza maybe it will work better than others hopefully i thought silverstone's a good place to start i think maybe monza could definitely be one of the tracks to use it but we'll see like i said the teams love experimentation they love to put on this and i thought the fans love it so that's pretty good but on sunday and Verstappen won the sprint race with Hamilton and uh, Bottas in third. And they just gave out wreaths for people. They didn't give out a trophy. So that was pretty good. And I think Hamilton got pole position. So that was pole number 101 for Hamilton. So that was pretty good. Surprised that they call it pole position. I think usually the winner should be credited with pole position. Because technically you start out there. But... Whatever, but the first lap of the British Grand Prix really is probably the moment of the season. Oh my gosh, the lights went out. Everyone, it was Verstappen versus Hamilton. Turns one and two, they get to turn one, and get to turn two. Their nose to tail on the on the short shoot straightaway. Both Hamilton versus Verstappen were f- finding each other, giving everything they got as they head down turns three and. <laughs> they're still there as they head down to the long straight straightaway to what are they people call it cop's corner where you can't go side by side they've been both being aggressive and they make contact once again this time they make contact for real hamilton turned verstappen into the wall heavy damage to verstappen they red flag the race because they got to fix the barrier and verstappen took a pretty hard shot in the wall and Leclerc took the lead and they had to bring down the red flag for that and uh yeah most dramatic moment of the race most dramatic moment of Formula One I think in recent memory no one would ever expect the top two to collide with each other for the championship and I'm gonna give you my take on this because a lot of people have been asking me for it for a while I have said it once I'm gonna say this again I don't think Verstappen and Hamilton for Hamilton didn't meet a wreck Max Verstappen. They, Red Bull thought it was intentional. I don't think it is. I think with the way that um, with the way the championship is going, I think both, even if Verstappen was in a Hamilton spot where he is in the championship, he would have made the same move. You got two guys who are going aggressive for the championship. Hamilton knows that he needs to try to get out of front or at least try to be with um, Verstappen as much as possible, and they were both Finding aggressive and uh Verstappen was trying to block him because he knew that if Hamilton got away he knows that Hamilton is good at Silverstone it's his home race and he got into him <laughs> and he spun right it and Verstappen took everything in this he had nothing to, he had more to lose than Hamilton and he got taken out I think it's a racing incident I think both of those guys were going for the win if it was the last lap, I still think there should have been no penalty. Hamilton got a 10-second penalty for wrecking for staff, which I think it's a harsh penalty. I know maybe a lot of people probably thought, oh, Hamilton probably should have made the move, but you got to realize what the concept is, that where the championship stands, and probably where those two drivers out there are giving them everything they got. They gave them every ounce of steam there. And uh, I think one collision in the case. And, of course... Christian Horner couldn't shut his mouth. They were talking about this the whole off week, the whole season, and I was just like, you'll see why. And for Verstappen, I think in the next race in Hungary, he was like, shut up. We've already settled this situation. He said, no, don't talk about it. The race is already over, and it is over. You know, I get it that Horner and the guys want to do it, but they should be quiet and just focus on the racing. And then what's even worse, of course, Perez didn't even get a good finish. He was terrible that race. He was, of course, compromising that. He spun out during the sprint race and incorporated his in race. And um Bull only got three points that weekend. Those were the points that Verstappen earned from the sprint race on Saturday. In the meantime, we had Hamilton, Charles Leclerc, and Bottas. And we thought, okay... Hamilton had a 10-second penalty. Charles Leclerc, it looks like he's going to win the race. Leclerc had engine problems. He looked really good, but Lewis Hamilton is a bad a bad man. And what I mean by bad man, he was a bad man. And, uh, he went and drove through the field and, uh, had a faster car than Charles Leclerc, obviously, Ferrari. You know, they're getting better, but still Mercedes are still the better team, and, uh, and once he drove past the Charlotte Claire with two laps to go in the race. Um, two laps short of being the winner. It sucks for Charles, But he got at least got a podium. I think that'd be better. I think he should be satisfied with that. But, you know, Charlotte won the win. He hasn't won in, like, almost two years. So we're really hoping that Charlotte can go back to Victor Lane. But, again, he's going to have to take his time. I'm sure is going to get back to winning races pretty soon. Uh, but I just think the Ferrari car is not really as fast as what most people thought. So, Lewis Hamilton wins another British Grand Prix, His and this is win number 99. Now, we'll talk about the Hungarian Grand Prix, but spoiler, Hamilton did not win that. So, it wasn't win number 100, but that's something I'll talk about in just a little bit. But let's go for the results. Lewis Hamilton wins the British Grand Prix with Charles Leclerc 2nd, Valtteri Bottas 3rd, Lando Norris 4th, Daniel Ricciardo 5th, Carlos Sainz in 6th place. With Lonzo, Stroll, Ocon, and Sonoda. The top 10. And then we get to the recent race of Hungary. Oh my god. The Hungary ring is going to have something to say. Because once again. We had another pop-up shower. And this one took out. The whole field. They dropped the green flag. And uh. What happened? Um. M- it was Hamilton, Botas, row one. And, um... It was uh, very difficult for um, both uh, Hamilton... And, uh, Hamilton got a great restart. Then it was while we Verstappen and Perez. And then Lando actually got around Botas on the inside. So, I thought, okay, 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 pretty good. Everyone was trying to tiptoe their way through. Botas decided... Bottas missed his breakpoint and ran the back of Ores, which then caused a huge collision, taking out both Verstappen, Perez, and and I think he think Bottas took himself out, and then I think Stroll was trying to I think avoid a collision between him and Bottas, but Bottas already ran the back of Landonores, and Bottas and Stroll spun out, collecting Charles Leclerc and Daniel Ricciardo, which there were innocent victims. I don't know, I think they would have had a chance to make it through. And uh, Perez, I thought he did not hit damage, and then he got him the, where the engine is, and Perez basically had to retire. And what's worse is that the f- rules for F1 were really strict. Both Verstappen's team already had to confirm that I was their second engine. They could only have three engine power units per year now, with the aggressive uh, regulations they were already on the third they were on their second power unit and they had to fix it so they will have to take a grid penalty uh one race for that and uh, same goes for Perez and same goes for Charlotte there too so really uh, you could tell how much the race takes the people out and then also Lando Norris too and at that point Lando Norris had not finished outside of the top five only once at that point and he scored in the points every single race he was the only driver who ever really scored a point in every single race that he has run up to the race got taken out by an incident he was an incident bystander of course and portland no he you could tell on the face when they when they were in during the red flag where he was just looking he's like yeah we're not going back out there yeah which, it sucks, but that is what happens, and that's racing. Then they restart the race, and this was interesting, because during the red flag, the rain stopped, and actually the sun came out. And I think it, I guess it was so humid out, the track dried up really quickly. Really, really quick. And when they were going back out there, um, obviously in the formation lap, the teams are now allowed to talk about the drivers, and the unthinkable happens. Hamilton, who was on intermediate tires on a fairly dry track, stays out. Everyone else behind the 14 cars hit it. Hamilton was the only one on the grid when the lights went out. <laughs> talk about, talk about. Ironically, everyone was laughing their butt off is like, oh my god, how did they able to do that? But here's, I think, in Hamilton's defense, well, number one, it should be on Mercedes a little bit because Lewis... There's Lewis Hamilton would have had win a hundred wins by now if A he probably would have switched the brake bias on and B I think the other thing too is that Mercedes tell them that if it's dry enough you should pit and um everyone probably knew was like okay if Hamilton pits states out you pit and I think that was what everyone had so when you're the leader you're the guinea pig especially like a first strategy. They will do, definitely do the opposite of what the leader does, and uh, that's exactly what happened. Everyone did exactly the opposite of what Lewis Hamilton did, uh, but Hamilton still able to rebound in a fantastic drive, which we'll we talk about. But then the race was between Esteban Alcon and Sebastian Vettel. Oh, my goodness. Who would have thought it would be a battle between those two? And they put on a fantastic race. I thought Ocon, I looked at Ocon, I was like, oh, my God, he's really good. Vettel, on the other hand, was pretty much in a good spot, too. And then it was between, I think, Sonota. It was between Nicholas Latifi because Latifi actually came out third, which was really good. Had a great race. Also, it was Carlos Sainz and it was Sonoda. I think Sonoda fell through the field. Fell through a little bit. And then it was, I think, Fernando Alonso. Alonso had a fantastic race. Hamilton did a three-stopper because not only he pitted for the hard tires, he went and pitted again. Almost pulled off the same strategy that he won the Hagar Ring in 2019 where he pitted for fresher tires. So he pitted for hard tires before. He then pitted for the, uh, for the mediums and see if he could try to go through the field alonso but then when he got he was passing cars left and right when he got to fernando alonso alonso basically battled hamilton for like five straight laps if hamilton got around fernando alonso in in like maybe before the like maybe past five laps well he did get around him, but if he didn't get to five laps, if Hamilton got around Alonso won those laps, Hamilton would have won the race. It would have been win number 100. But Alonso defended so greatly, and Ocon drove himself a fantastic race. Sebastian Vettel, on the other hand, he had a great, great race. He ended up in his second, but here's where I think it really gets interesting. Because there were 14 cars The race, the field was so bunched up together because, you know, guys who you never expected to be in the top 10, um were there they probably burned a lot more fuel than they usually have so um no offense to Aston Martin I think they were gonna go for the win but maybe they burned up a little too much because Vettel got disqualified he did finish second but he got disqualified because although they're still appealing the penalty as we speak they're not reviewing it they're gonna appeal it because they ran the car out dry and the reason because of that was they were going for the win. I think they were going for the win, and everyone was doing the same thing because they knew the field was competitive and everyone was stopping. So and keep this in mind, too. We had, like, two Williams cars in the top ten. We had two Alpines in the top ten. We had a big battle, like a dogfight for the podium. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And Hamilton eventually did take the championship lead over Verstappen, which Verstappen ended up finishing ninth. On the other hand, though, he got two points, which Red Bull only got five points in the last two races, which was really where Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes had backed the championship. And Verstappen had to drive through the field in a half of car. He lost, like, the complete right side of his race car because of that uh, first lap incident. So Verstappen did a fantastic job. So last year it was his mechanics who had a 24 made a repair of the suspension damage, and they got him a podium, and Rostabin got it at a hard-fought two points, but every point matters, though, in this championship. So, Espen Ocon is a Formula 1 winner. I did not have him as one of my favorites to win in the Formula 1 season, uh, but that's pretty good uh, for Espen Ocon. I mean, you're a winner once, and he's probably enjoying it. He should enjoy it uh, because... I don't know if he'll be able to get it. I think he'll probably get another one somewhere. And he proved it. He proved it. He's a, definitely a winner. He is a winner of this, of the race. He is a winner, proven winner. And he should be, in fact, be happy for himself. So I am very excited to see what also in store for him. And he did get a multi-year deal done, I think. So that's pretty good to hear as well. So good to hear that. But let's get into the um but that so that was it f1 is now currently in the break they'll resume uh i believe in the last weekend of august which is august 27th to the 29th same weekend that nascar cup series ends off their regular season let's take a look at the 21 2021 i want the points so as we look at the driver's standings, Hamilton has an 8-point cushion over Max Verstappen as we head to the next round. Lando Norris still is in third, and he's still technically, I think Lando Norris is still technically, mathematically, could win the championship. Uh, but I think unless Verstappen and Hamilton have more collisions, and Lando probably needs to win a race, I think, unfortunately, he's going to have a shot at it, Um because I don't think I don't think in any, it's possible to have an F one. I think it maybe is possible. I think you have to look this up. You know, is it possible for an F one driver to win a world championship without winning one race? Could that be possible? I don't know. I don't I think you have to win at least one race to become a champion. But again, I've seen. A driver in the Camping World Truck Series win a championship without winning a race all year long, so it could potentially happen. So anything's possible. We'll see here. Then it's Valtteri Bottas, Perez, and then Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc, Gasly, Ricardo, and Ocon gets in the top ten. So as we look at the tr- construct, James, Mercedes has a pretty much a twelve point cushion over Red Bull. And I was wrong, actually. Ferrari and just tied McLaren for third in the construction change standards. There's Ferrari up there. I'm going to assume the tiebreaker goes to the best, I think, goes to maybe the best finish of the driver. And since Carlos Sainz finished second, I think that is the reason why Ferrari had the tiebreaker. So I think that is the tiebreaker. Let me know if I have wrong. But I think that is how they break the ties is either by wins or best finishes. And since Ferrari, Carlos Sainz got a podium, um, got a podium, got second place, Ferrari got, Ferrari are half the tiebreaker. But again, it's still anyone's game at this point. But let's take a look at the rest of the schedule. And then I'll talk about my mold predictions a little bit. And then uh, we'll probably wrap up the podcast a little bit. Um, So, of course, next week they go to Belgium for the uh, August 29th. They head to Belgium. Then the inaugural, uh, well, I should say inaugural, the return to Zandvoort for the Dutch Grand Prix. That should be a good race. It should be an interesting race to see what the Dutch fans have to say about Lewis Hamilton. Hmm that would be hilarious if Hamilton wins like his 100th race at Netherlands. What, uh, what, uh, what, how would uh would uh with how the Dutch fans feel? Oh my god! I really hope that's the case because I'd love to see it. Um, then it's the second sprint race on the 11th, then followed by the Italy Grand Prix on the 12th of September. Um, they're in Monza, and then, of course Russia on the schedule again. They will change tracks to a a better suited road course i think in two years so only have to put up with um olympic park for two years uh that's out on the 26th of september uh and then we hit to return to Istanbul, which uh we do know what happened last year in the turkish grand prix it was a pretty good race so it's good to see Istanbul be back on the calendar for the second straight year it was originally going to be off the schedule and then it got put back on later than the year uh, because due to another fortunate circumstance, race, that is, I think, Canada's replacement. Although there's a possibility since now Canada opened the borders, there's a good chance that Canada could come back on the schedule. It depends on how the COVID situation goes. But if that is the case, look for Canada. Maybe fall in a late race window. Maybe they'll put Canada after Brazil because of the way uh, the things go. But we'll see here. Japan is still on the schedule for October 10th. It's still unknown if Japan will be run this year. Because of COVID, they did get the Olympics in, though, this year. So, there maybe there's a possibility that I think Japan could be on the schedule. If not, uh, rumor has it that Circuit of the Americas, COTA, October 24th, uh, will have a doubleheader. Um, which would be not surprised as well. We, Circuit of the Americas had a great race with the NASCAR Cup Series. Then, we're going to head to Mexico on Halloween. Halloween's on a Sunday. Love it. And then Brazil will be, round 20, will be on the uh, 7th, November 7th. Then it says to be considered, I don't know if... So 22 races are on the schedule as of right now. I don't know if they're going to consider that being a race. But if they do, I don't know why they move the schedule up. But I mean that's just the way everything goes. And I think because everyone has commitments. Um, Saudi Arabia of course, will be the inaugural Saudi Arabia Grand Prix, and uh, Abu Dhabi, which will have a new reconfigured Abu Dhabi, so that's going to be exciting and good, so I guess you want to know my season predictions, I guess, because now we're in the middle of the season, but I did have season predictions as well, I did say uh, that Lewis Hamilton will win his eighth world championship, um... It's looking good so far for Lewis Hamilton, but again, it's a long way to go in the season. I think he's got a good contender for the championship, so I think it's going to be, it could come down to the last race, you never know, but I still do believe that Lewis Hamilton, I think, will get his eighth Drivers' World Championship, and definitely, he will probably have triple-digit wins. Uh, Win number 100 is going to come at some point or, no, another pump. We haven't seen a driver win 100 races in one series, probably since the days of Richard Petty. Um, but obviously, I think nowadays, I think it's be Kyle Bush. I think you have ha, has had uh, 100 wins in a single division. That is the what we call the spinning series. So I could say definitely Kyle Bush would definitely be the case. So Lewis Hamilton hitting 100 wins this year would be a huge milestone and definitely. I think if he does go on to win that eighth title, I think we'll probably cement him as the greatest Formula One driver of all time. I did predict that it will be Red Bull and McLaren getting the top three. I was going to say, oh sorry for the loud mic, that Year Ricciardo would get a win. I don't think it didn't happen. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I think also I did say Lando Norris will win an F1 race this year. I am still sticking to it. I think Lando and McLaren are going to find somehow some way if they could get a race like what we have saw on Hungara Ring. i would not be surprised and probably have a little luck along the way. I think definitely most certainly Lando Norris can potentially win a race this year. So that's my three predictions. Uh, for this year, um, really, I really only have three predictions this year, I think Hamilton, I was gonna say that, say that as well, I s- still don't believe in silly season, but I could talk about a little silly season in just a little bit, but I think that will, um, hold up for another podcast, but I guess, I think I expect to see Hamilton in first half and traded wins, I just don't see anyone else winning. I don't think Baltas can even come up with a win somewhere. Um, but obviously, keep it in mind for the underdog, because that has happened, and it probably will not be the only time that we will see a first-time winner, of course, my pick being Lando Norris, Um being the victory. So, of course, F1 has had headlines of COVID, cancellation races, and all stuff, but it looks to me like I think things are getting back to normal. We'll see if... Uh, Hopefully, the drivers are going to be hopefully getting to back to all the racetracks that they missed and enjoyed. Uh, But that is going to do it for the F1 topic. I know this has been a mixed topic episode, or mostly about F1, um, with obviously with my concerns about streaming and all stuff. Um, Unfortunately, though, um, I have to pass along these messages to you because um, it is absolutely... um, uh, it's very sad to hear. Um, it's very sad here. They were saying that in the Indy broadcast like yesterday. Yesterday. Um, Bob Jenkins. Uh, if you probably don't know who Bob Jenkins is, Bob Jenkins is a wonderful... Um, a wonderful play-by-play announcer. Uh, once uh, he was... you local guy who wanted to announce these races... NAS races. He does a lot of work. Um, sorry, Brian, <laughs> that was on my Twitter. Uh, he did lots of races. Um, he was on ESPN for I think a long time. I believe he did a lot of races for ESPN, IndyCar, and NASCAR. Um, basically brought NASCAR was one of the original play-by-play. Basically, what probably brought NASCAR where it is now. Where where was in the early 2000s. He then was, of course, big play, play by play for um play by play for IndyCar, of course, and the Indy five hundred. I think he commentated, I think, a lot of the Indy five hundreds, I think since the late sixties, early seven I think the late sixties. And uh he commentated so much. I believe he was on ESPN most of the time. You would usually see him also on you know usually you see him on as well i think he had a stint in the espn all the way up till i think in the early 2000 late 2000s and then he moved to uh and for i think nbc sports which uh then he i think he retired as a um on tv broadcaster then he was the uh he was the public dress announcer for Indianapolis Motor Speedway for a very, very long time. He also was very passionate about race, and I think he also went to a couple of uh, dirt track uh, events and actually was probably the person who probably noticed uh, Jeff Gordon. Uh, he actually noticed Jeff Gordon. He's like, oh, I saw this guy named Jeff Gordon. He was really, really cool, and uh Jeff Gordon became a big part of NASCAR, of course, and what of course he was also the uh, one of the front lines. I think he probably used uh, famous phrases. He's been in such big moments. I think in not only IndyCar but NASCAR. I think he called uh, the Allawicki Championship uh, one of the biggest underdog stories in NASCAR, and one of the greatest points comebacks in NASCAR. Of course, he was also the big call for the Brickyard 400, which is the race that NASCAR is going to this weekend as the podcast has been recorded for the first oval for the road course race effort they're not going to the oval this year which is a pain is a bit pain in the butt i wish they were still going to still going the oval maybe they're only doing the road course this year maybe save it for the next year car but obviously that's another show but uh the he's done it. of course the inaugural breakout of of course here's the many years i think i think the words were here's too many years here's too many stock car races that have been run here will remember the name Jeff Gordon winner of the inaugural Brickyard 400 <laughs> um he has been a fantastic motorsports guy he is one probably one of the best i think probably brought a lot of people into motorsports um recently though you you would recently see him in Indianapolis he does the of course the pr stuff the tourist stuff he is um Um, He's one of the greatest things we have, um, of course, due to, uh, due to, uh, and he's been battling with a brain tumor and we just got a word from Twitter today that he is tragically, tragically passed away today at the age of 73, who is battling brain cancer. Um, Gonna miss him, gonna miss one of the uh, biggest, biggest uh, voices in not only in the Indy 500, in IndyCar, but also in NASCAR. Um, one of them is, he is been, um, pretty interesting, pretty sad. So, want to pass his thoughts of prayers uh, to not only in the IndyCar family, but also in, also in uh, NASCAR as well, uh, his friends and family, and of course, to his family. And of course, his wife. So, that, um, it's gonna be really that's gonna do it for today guys uh we talked about F one and of course past decided side lose, but we will miss him and uh but i'm just the, you could probably just google some of his legendary calls which i think it's a great video look up if you haven't looked it up i think you should uh it's really really good good to see the um calls that he's made for, not only for the Indianapolis five hundred, but also for some nascar races well he has done a really good job he's a great broadcaster uh, we've lost a really good guy, so, it is very sad, it's sad to hear that, but, um, his, uh, his very legendary calls and voices will still be with us even to this day, so, that is gonna do it for today, guys, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the broadcast, podcast. yeah, maybe a little sloppy there because of the, uh, my mic and all the stuff, and I'm trying to keep a little bit quiet, but that is going to do it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast of my F1 season review and also a little few... little little things that have been passed along. I am very happy that we got it done. I think, and I know I apologize, we didn't get the freaking thing, um, no collabs in because... um, obviously I tried my best but obviously unfortunately though we're gonna have to do it alone for a couple more times but that's okay that's what we have to do and I'm sure I have a lot more to talk about so I'm gonna wrap this thing up I hope you guys had a enjoyed listening to the podcast make sure if you do please hit that follow button on Spotify that lets me know when you when you love it and love the podcast please share it with your friends And make sure you follow join the Discord in the links in the descriptions. And follow my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash 24 for probably what could be the first live recording episode of the podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for that. I hope you guys enjoy and have a wonderful day slash night. I'll see you later. Bye for now.